What's poppin' congregation? It's your girl, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess. And we're back with another installment of the podcast dedicated to robbery and fraud and all those who practice it. Maybe we love them. Maybe we hate them. We'll see. Uh, congregation, how y'all doing today? Oh, yeah, that's crazy. I like saying that's crazy because then it could be good news or bad news or anything. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my cat passed away. I'm like, that's crazy. Like, I got a promotion. I'm like, that's crazy. Yes. Come on, parasocial relationship. We all already know I'm very, yes, excited for today's guest. We have two guests. Double the pleasure. Double the fun. Um... <laughs> on the pod today. They're a dynamic duo that co-hosts the Love to See It podcast on Stitcher, where they recap the Bachelor franchise and all your favorite dating and reality shows. Congregation, please welcome Claire Fallon and Emma Gray to the show. We love to see them. Thank you so much for having us. (laughs) Yeah, that was an incredible intro. I am so honored. Oh my God, y'all are so sweet because I was up here panicking. I had to swipe (laughs) to different things. I was like, I hope you don't see the panic in my eyes. I'm so excited to have y'all on the pod today. I love the recap podcast. I love mess. I love dating shows. So, I mean, I think they have a little intersection, obviously, with like love scams or just going on TV to date. Yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of there's a lot of scamming in the reality TV world. So it's an economy built on consensual scamming. <laughs> I love that consensual scamming. Yeah. That's like our contract with the government. Like whenever we give exactly. them tax money. <laughs> we're like, we know we're being robbed, but otherwise we'll be jailed. This is America. So. <laughs> America's built on scams. It is. Not all of them are consensual, but some no, people absolutely like, I don't not. Know, some of them are very one-sided, but... <laughs> yeah, most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd argue most. We gotta but, find the entertaining ones. <laughs> right, exactly. So wait, on this podcast, we love to ask our guests, uh, what's your relationship with scams? Have you ever been scammed? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Have you ever run a scam that's beyond the statute of limitations that you can talk about? It could be anything, and either of you can start. I wish I had run a scam. That would be so much more interesting. (laughs) Has anyone ever come out as having broken the law by running a scam on this podcast? Yes. Yes, wow. all the time, actually. I'm My jealous. favorite is Blair Saki. Uh, she <laughs> talked about how she worked in I, uh, IT for two years, but had no tech experience whatsoever. And basically, she was just cute and all the guys would do her work for her and she would like go <laughs> out on, on auditions and shit. But she did it for two years. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, yeah I wish is that I'd what it's like to be, cool. to just like be beautiful in the workplace? Like, I, I feel like I haven't experienced that and I am jealous. Beauty is a scam that I've never experienced. Emma, I think the reason you haven't experienced being beautiful in the workplace is because you're at home alone. Like, you gotta go to an <laughs> office, girl. Yeah. You gotta have more of an audience. <laughs> oh, yeah, you need to, like, we... just Claire and you over Zoom? So weird. No, nah, um, I mean, you're very beautiful. I hope I can give that to you right oh, now. And when you nice. walk past the mirror, you can hit on yourself. Yeah, like, you know, be like, Lacey like, told me. Yeah, so, Emma, do, do your work for yourself because you're so cute. I think that's, <laughs> yes. that's the greatest scam of all. Scam yourself <laughs> into doing your job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> If you work from home, y'all, y'all go go to the mirror and be like, dang, you looking nice today. Yeah. Love those shoes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I'm more of like an easy mark for scams than a scammer, but I really like respect a scammer. So I'm obsessed with consuming <laughs> scam content. I also, mm-hmm. uh, my boyfriend is like the opposite and is constantly on high alert for being scammed Mm. so i feel like he's really he's really making me more attuned he thinks he's maybe overcorrects and his everything's a scam i'm so afraid of being scammed i don't think i'll ever get scammed because how could you get scammed while you are so paranoid about being scammed (laughs) i always Uh, catch the phishing emails (laughs) i'm like i've got this on lockdown meanwhile i have consensually chosen to give my life to being tricked into believing that you can find true love on television so (laughs) the scam always finds a way through it's true (laughs) listen a scam will persist okay exactly but i wait i have to circle back circle back see we're in the workplace emma we're in the workplace hey beautiful we're circling back to you (laughs) why do you think that you're like really easy to scam i I, not like so easy to scam (laughs) but i think i'm like a naturally like yeah I want to connect with people everyone's just just doing things out of the goodness of their heart and I've had to really harden myself and be like no do you remember (laughs) a time where you like gave something to someone and maybe it was like nefarious you found out later (sighs) or during 
No, I'm trying to think. You live like, in New York City. You tell I, me on these subways. <laughs> well, I am proud that I never fell for that scam where they come up to you and someone's like, where do you get your hair cut? It looks so good. <laughs> I've never heard and of they that. Try, oh, my God. Oh, and then that's they, a oh very God, popular and, one. Yes. And then they like chat you up and then they're like, here, you have to buy this deal where you get like a haircut and a blowout and this other thing for this much money and it's like definitely a terrible hair salon and like suddenly you've been trapped into a 90 minute conversation with this like salesperson because they complimented you classic early in new york scam i used to pass through a thicket of people telling me oh my god i love your hair where did you get your hair done every day on the way to work and i was like i know my haircut is not that good now here's my question though how do they think this is gonna work when they're starting with a compliment they're like oh your hair looks so good where do you get it done okay yeah i get it done it looks good so (laughs) i don't need your services you gotta come you gotta work you gotta nag people (laughs) i feel like it's a numbers game is everything okay because your hair Your hair is in a mental health crisis. Yeah. <laughs> you should come to our salon. Let me help you. Let me help you, girl. You can't be coming out the house like that. Oh, my God. Come on. We're taking you right now. You got your checkbook? <laughs> I feel like they must make the pivot from like, oh, my God, you look incredible to like, I would love to have someone as beautiful as you model for my Ooh, salon. Right? That's like, good. they've got to yes. probably make you feel like you've just got that it factor. And then yes. they ask like, 15 million women a day. I guess we don't know. We haven't gotten that far. Yeah. Right. No, I'm just like, nope, my hair doesn't look good. Y'all are in y'all's houses. Nobody's mm. telling you how good your hair looks. You got it. They they know. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Modeling. That's a good way. Or if they were like, oh my God, I love your outfit. Everything about you, your face, everything's so good. Except for your hair, girl. <laughs> like, why are you letting yeah. that go the waste? Are you so busy making everything else look good that you forgot about your follicles? We can help Ooh, you. Oh, that's, that's a good line. <laughs> I think modeling is the top, though. Claire, I think yeah, you hit it. Yeah. I think that's how they get... I think that's how they ease their way from the compliment into the scam. Okay. Right? They've got that's a turn. Because if you tell me my hair looks good, I'd be like, okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I love my hair salon. Thank you. Right. Moving on. I don't need a discount haircut. I feel like there are two kinds of people who are impervious to this scam is people who have really incredible self-confidence who are just like, mm-hmm. great, thanks. And people like me who have so little self-confidence that they're just like, I know it doesn't look good. So you must be up to something. <laughs> so you're obviously scamming. Me. I don't trust you. I think for me, she's all that had a very formative impact on my ability to trust people. <laughs> and so I would be approaching everyone like they're Freddie Prince Jr. Like this must be a bet. And I am not going to fall for it like Lainey did. Not an idiot. Okay, you're like, like I am Lainey. no Lainey Boggs, okay? <laughs> I just want to know, write in and tell us or tweet us or something if your high school was doing bits on nerds. Because I just never, I think that was just a trope in movies. I don't know where it came from. And we we all just accepted it as true. Yeah, there's an entire subgenre of like classic teen movies that is just that. And I personally have never witnessed it. Yeah. Ever. So I no, want to know. never saw it. Now, Claire, what about you? What's your relationship with scams? Oh, I just like live in fear. And <laughs> I I never click anything in an email unless I'm 100% sure that it's not from someone in Russia who's trying to steal my social security number. Um, I never trust any compliments. Trust no one. Compliments? Like, that's, compliments are the first, they're the foot in the door. And then suddenly you're like <laughs> in a love scam with some cohort it's like it's not even one person who's trying to romance scam you it's like a whole network of people in a different country you can't let the you can't let it get that far that's true i agree with you so you're just like trust no bitch that's my policy this is how i get ahead i'm not mad at that i'm not mad at that (laughs) at all i feel like we're like the aim asl generation and so (laughs) we were raised on like everyone is anonymous and everyone is gonna try to manipulate you as a result and that just like stuck with us. Yeah. You know what? That's absolutely true. I, I get that. And I like that. Yes. All right. <laughs> suspicion. It's good. Suspicion. Everyone out there, uh, just be as suspicious as possible all the time <laughs> about everyone. So we're like, hey, have a nice day. You, you mean that? Excuse you really want me to have a nice day? <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> you try to put a hex on me? I mean, the downside is it's very hard to make friends with this kind of attitude, but at least you know none of them are scamming you. I live alone. I have no friends, but I am unscammed. 
Look, friendship can be a scam too. Been there, been there too many times. Actually, Claire, what if your own toddler son is scamming you? Oh, he is. He is one hundred percent scamming me all the time. He's living rent free, like yeah, with no yeah. job. Yeah, exactly. My entire life revolves around providing for his needs and like, you know, catering to his ego. You know, playing <laughs> the games ego. he wants to play. <laughs> That's the kind of scam that I would like to get in on if it were available to me. I'd like to be treated like a toddler. I'd like to be forcibly bathed and put in bed every night at an appropriate hour so I can go to sleep. And I love that for us. I love that for all of us. All right, guys, well, we're going to take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements, and we'll be right back with What's Hot in Fraud. Scams! We are back, and it's time for What's Hot and Fraud. This is where we warn you about popping scams in the streets and the zeitgeist. Or more often than not, we get letters from you. As always, snitch on your friends and family at scamgoddesspot at gmail.com. Just make sure your scams retire, because we don't want to... What? Yes. Fuck up your bag. All righty, then. So, uh, Claire, Emma, I just need a fake name for this person. We don't care about gender. It can be anything. Bruce. Oh, I love that. Bruce. Yeah. All right. Bruce. So Bruce says, hey, Lacey, you bring light to my life. (laughs) I normally don't read that stuff, but it was just right there. (laughs) Okay. So thanks, Bruce. So Bruce says, this scam was conducted by my little brother's roommate in college. Names are changed. The story is from my brother's voice. Year one, I made a friend who we will call James. And the... (laughs) James and another friend and I decided to move into campus housing for the next year. We showed up on the moving day. Uh, The apartment was a two-bedroom. James said he had worked it out, in quotes, with the housing people, so all three of us moved in, with James and I sharing one bedroom. James says he was paying his rent directly to campus housing. Mm -mm. Okay. Now, that's not bizarre in and of itself. Like, when I was in college, we did pay it to the university. It wasn't like we collected checks or whatever and then mailed it in. So It's weird for it to be hybrid, though. You would think that everyone's arrangement would be the same. Right. And my confusion is, yeah, why do they have different rent plans? Seems like there should be just one. Also, if we're sharing a room, then we better be splitting that shit. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, I already have questions. There's questions. I'm very suspect. Also, he was like, James was like, oh, I worked it out. They said that we could actually have three people in this two-bedroom house. Don't ever call them about it. Because I worked it out so good. And they said, it's the secret. And we're going to pretend we don't know what anybody's talking about if they actually call and ask questions. So don't ask no questions. And they all thought, they thought that they were each getting their own room. Like, I would be not feeling so good about James at that minute. Be like, you asked if we could share a room and you made that happen because that's not what I was looking for. Right. Especially if you're already in, you know, robbery you, (laughs) which is what we call college. (laughs) (laughs) At least you should have your own bedroom so you can do college things. Like, I don't know. Masturbated to a sock. (laughs) I'm not a cis man. (laughs) (laughs) I do not know that. I heard they were doing that. I'm pretty sure that's what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. You know, and putting ramen in the microwave and starting fires because they put no water on it. Oh, classic. We had a whole summit about that. They're like, guys, <laughs> if you're going to have ramen noodles in your dorm, you have to make sure they're wet. And I was like, why are we, oh why God. is this a discussion? Why that's are we sitting so down upsetting. for this? The, the lack of life skills some teenagers go into college with. You're like, wow, I mean, that's impressive. Wow. Based off of my college boyfriend's roommates who I spent a lot of time with, it was melt a bowl of cheese and then forget it under a pile of papers <laughs> on the coffee table for several weeks. So it just congeals. Get drunk and pee into the trash oh. can. And, this is specific. Yeah, and come home covered in beer and not do laundry for three weeks. So the whole... Yes, that, yeah, that's familiar. Room just smells like... It smells like stale. Stale alcohol. Like, that was kind of the general vibe. So the more privacy you can have... It was more of a routine. It was a lifestyle. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you get on TikTok, it was a a choice. It's called uh, (laughs) Fratway Chic. It's an aesthetic. Yeah. It's an aesthetic. So it says, myself and our and my friends noticed strange things going on with James over the next three years. He doesn't do classwork at all. He has an inverted sleep schedule most of the time. He got permission from his Russian professor to never attend class because he's bilingual. <laughs> what? what? Wait. You know They're how. living Wait, with this I'm person sorry. for three years and we're just like, that's just James. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's nocturnal and doesn't go to class. Wait, I'm sorry. So you can just like, you can just be like, I've signed up on the Russian language track and I don't have to actually take it because I already speak it. So you're just going to give me an A every semester? Because that that's not... That that's not how English works. Like hey, I speak, I've been speaking English all my life, and they definitely made me go write them papers. <laughs> they, they made me read them classics. Like I don't. I feel like you would just be okay. I love. <laughs> it's already very much apparent that James is not enrolled at this institution. To <laughs> yes, me, yes, I think that is becoming very clear. James sitting at home playing two K. Everybody walking in. He's like, "Why y'all so stressed out? Y'all was out late. Y'all don't look like y'all were partying." Like, James, it's finals week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just taking a break. Um, I'm about to get back to studying. He's like, I, I worked it out so that I no longer have to take finals. He's like, the only thing I'm studying is a language that I already speak. So I'm actually pretty chill about finals this yeah. semester again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually study a little bit. Stop to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all saw that, right? Y'all saw me studying? All right, bet. So, <laughs> so wait a minute now. He's also supposedly a computer science major, but no one in the CS programs have seen him in class. Jokes develop about how James isn't even in school. I still live with him all this time and notice that he doesn't really do much other than like teach himself some photo and video editing software. Okay, well, he is a scammer. He's getting in the Photoshop. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a staple in the industry. So James and I are still living together three years later when he's supposed to be graduating. James wakes me up at 7 a.m. the day of graduation and tells me that he's been throwing up blood and asks me to take him to the hospital. Externally, I say, hey, sure. Internally, I say, oh, so this is how he gets out of graduation. <laughs> he's, he's like, hey, man, hey. Hey, I've been throwing up blood. It's graduation day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Today I've been throwing up blood for sure. And now they're He's both like, going to miss graduation for this. Nah, right. He's like, I'll wait with you in the ER. This throwing up blood, it sounds serious. No, 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 no. Also, like, he's been throwing up blood, but it's now stopped. It's on pause for the transportation portion. Yeah, he already flushed right. the other blood that yeah. he threw up. Okay. And now, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to come back. <laughs> yeah, I, I You know what I mean? Yeah. James is like, I'll wait with you. Or Bruce is like, I'll wait with you at the hospital. James is like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Just drop me off uh, right here at the corner. <laughs> they yeah. know about my blood throw up. So I'll be over here all the time. Don't, don't even watch me enter. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Text me when graduation is over. I'm yeah. sure I'll be done by the end. <laughs> I'll be nice and treated. So I'm thinking, oh, this is how you get out of graduation. His entire extended family is flying in, even his grandparents who flew in from their home country. So it says, I drive him to the emergency room and wait for his parents to arrive. A couple hours later, his family returns with James in tow. The next day, he's well enough after throwing up the blood to (laughs) to drive a U-Haul halfway across the country, all thanks to some magic medicine. His family is so grateful for me getting him to the hospital. So he's tricking the family, too. They thought he was in college, too. Wow, this is extensive. I mean... I, didn't this happen with a girl from at like Stanford a while back that like she it was just she couldn't tell her family she didn't get in so she just like went to Stanford <laughs> and broke into a dorm. I feel like that's how these things have to start. It's like I can't tell them, so I'll just pretend that I didn't get accepted. So we'll move everything. I guess in. I just have to go. I just have to show up for four years. I will teach myself Photoshop. In her a, parents in were a like, "Where's room. your dorm?" She was just picked She's a like, random one. It's like, hey, girl, they said it's actually gonna be three of us in here and we sharing a bed uh that's what campus said so don't call them <laughs> we'll scoot over <laughs> we could use my sheets and, and your comforter <laughs> like what like where oh was she God. living love this Months later, one of my friends who's still in school decides to mess around with what they can see on the university website. They find out that most information is available for anyone that has an account with the university. We look up our own emails and all the info is completely accurate. Then we search for jamesx at university.edu. There it is. James' name, email, phone number, last login date, account status versus active versus inactive, and activation and deactivation dates. So they found everything on the website. So what do we find? His account isn't active. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, maybe it's just because he graduated, right? (laughs) Y'all love James. James must be the life of the party. You know? (laughs) Yeah, really. Cutting James a lot of slack. 
They want to. They, they really, really want to believe to be, in James. Yeah, they want it to right. be real. James is like, hey, guys, <laughs> I made some fresh uh, cheese dip for you, and I, I, I mopped the tub. <laughs> They're like, oh, James, <laughs> you're the best. Where do you find time for all this? <laughs> Between studying all of your Russian that you already speak. <laughs> right? He's like, don't worry, I swept the ceiling. <laughs> okay, it's me, James. <laughs> Just being the best. Love it. So, okay, they're like, all right, it's inactive. He graduated. That's right. And no, our other friends that graduated that previous semester still had active accounts. So we looked further to see that his last login was August after our first year, and his account was deactivated around six months later. Wow, we double-checked this. We all really believe it in James. We double-checked this by looking at another friend's information, one who transferred to another school after the first year. Same deal. Deactivation was in six months after their last login. So this man went to college all of one semester. So Look. he must have gotten kicked out. He lived with them for three years. I'm, I'm sorry. If three you are years. fooled for three years, I'm like, I guess James did a good job. Ask more like, questions. Did he, like, what did he do? Like, they, he must have always been needing to borrow their key card to get into building. <laughs> you think James was going to build? Like, James, man, it's been like six months. <laughs> James didn't leave the I'm building. Like... He's just sitting in the room. Weren't they in university <laughs> housing? Don't you need James... a key card? James was waiting in the bushes till somebody opened that damn door. And he was like, oh, you me too, me too. <laughs> James was going to university buildings and just hanging out in the front. And then when he saw people, he just sneaks uh, on it he right behind he would act like he walked out. Oh, my God. It's like, whoo, class was hard today. We was, computer science was science in today. They had so many computers and so much science. But how y'all doing? <laughs> like, James, please. I love this for us. So... <laughs> We it, wait. It literally took years, but we finally have proof that James did act didn't actually go to classes. He lied to us for three years. He he lived in our apartment rent free while saying that he was paying directly to housing. He pretended to go to classes and would come back an hour later. He talked about having to go to finals. He went to the library to study. Well, he. <laughs> Oh, gosh. He used to do those things. But in retrospect, it was pretty clear how he got lazier and lazier about it over the years. By the end of the 3.5 year stretch of lying, it was very low effort. To this day, I'm pretty sure his family still thinks that he graduated with a computer science degree. So I love that he started like, yeah, like you would see James in the library like, ah, just working out these computers and the science. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, you'll be in the library like, hmm, just, this Dewey Decibel like, system is crazy. They're like, are you going to check that book out? Thriving. He probably just put on his resume that he graduated with a degree no in one computer checked. science. And somewhere out there, he's, no making, he's making people do all his work because he's just, like, so likable and always makes cheese dip. He probably out here, he, like, taught work. himself to use a bunch of different so- varying softwares. And he's probably making more money than all of us. He's probably thriving. Yeah. I would guarantee that. Yeah. I feel like he works for Twitter now. He's like, Elon ain't gonna notice. Exactly. You know, he's like, Elon would approve. <laughs> right. And when everyone quit, he was like, me, James. I'll step I, it I on had up. a computer science degree for a long time. <laughs> we gonna get these tweets tweeting again. Don't you worry about it, Mr. Musty. I got you. <sighs> so... <laughs> Uh, Bruce says, I guess we'll never find out why James decided to do what he did. I doubt he'll ever admit it to anyone. I'm still friends with him, talking what? to him regularly. And I have to say that outside what? of... <laughs> Excuse me, what? Listen, James, is... <laughs> James is fun. Okay, what? He told one little lie for three and a half years. <laughs> James must be really, really enjoyable to be around. He must have a great personality and be, like, very attractive. I mean, like, he's I, so I don't funny. Know. They'd be like, James, tell that joke. Tell that joke again. <laughs> Maybe I'm just too much of an introvert, but to find out that I got scammed into sharing my bedroom for three years, uh, that would be the end of the line for me and that friendship. When I was the only one paying for it? Yeah, absolutely Absolutely not. Like, what in the parasite is this Exactly. Like, we are not going to be friends anymore. It's like parasite, but if they didn't live in the basement, they were just, like, fully in the house. Like, no, we come with the house. Yeah, they were just, like, in your bed. (laughs) In your bed. We worked something out with the bank. We're your roommates now. Like, I'm driving you to the hospital. That's like driving somebody to the airport. That's real friendship shit. And then waiting there. And what did he do when they dropped him off at urgent care? Like, he just was like, oh, the, the waiting room in the hospital is so long. They're like, checking my vitals again. They're like, James, you can come to the back. Actually, no, I'm good out here. Y'all let some of these other... She looks like she really finna die. Like, yeah, I'm you can just throwing up blood. blood. That's nothing. It's fine. At some point. Yeah. Oh, you need to see yeah. it. Yeah, at some point. Don't worry about when. That y'all the blood was see. there. It was... Yeah. Off up, you know. Yeah, 
It came up yeah, for sure. It's gone the blood. Now. But 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 Miss Sally over here looked like she really going through it. So she could skip. It's like, um, are you ever gonna go into the emergency room? Yeah, don't worry, y'all, y'all leave me. And then he's just standing outside the hospital, like, I'm fixed. <laughs> don't they roll you out in a wheelchair? No, 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 no. I told him I could walk. I told him I was good. <laughs> the blood is gone. I'm not it's in my veins again. I'm not throwing it up no more. They put it back. I mean, I will say if it was my graduation day, I'd be like, I'm dropping you off at the curb. Text me how it goes. And he would just like saunter down the street, get a cab and like go to Pinkberry or something. Right. Right. And then he's waiting out front. And he's like, oh, you're five minutes away. Running back. <laughs> he's like running back. Like, James, why you out of breath? Oh, when they put the blood back, it was very yeah. uh, oh, It is a lot of work. And they put the blood back in. <laughs> but I'm good. They said I could go. <sighs> Are you sure you're breathing real hard? No, no, no. They said it's a part of it when the blood come back, you start getting out of breath. But it's good. <laughs> no. And I, I love this for him. So Bruce says, I guess we never find out why James did what he did. We still besties. I'm talking to him regularly. And I have to say that outside of that one absolutely colossal lie or life-altering lie, he's a pretty cool dude. He oh must be. God. Wow. I mean, this is inspiring. I mean, this is the thing. Male friendships do not make any sense to me. You're telling me that this is one of your best friends. He's pretty cool. And he is, has this huge secret that you know all about. And you are well, never going to have a conversation Well, I can say that this person is probably it. non-binary because at the end okay. it says thanks for including the they, thems. So this is just, I don't I don't think this is like a cis male. I think this is just. <sighs> this person. James, this person off the strength is just of James's really, personality. Yeah. really charming. It's just the life is a rich tapestry full of so many different personalities and people who aren't curious enough to sacrifice their friendship to just ask what the hell happened it's hard to make friends after college that's true. That's sometimes true. you have to have friends who are sociopaths who lie to you to your face for three and a half years not blinking <laughs> just still telling you bold face is, lies. Like, how do you believe oh anything this person says ever again like if they say oh i got a job i have a significant other i'm like that's all lies it's none of it's real. Yeah, but okay. But nobody remembers what you said. They remember how oh. you make them feel. <laughs> so what if everything they said was lies? It felt if good. If you had fun. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, y'all don't got no liar friends. I got a couple of liar friends. We, we know they be lying, but, you know, <laughs> we love them. I mean, that's how scammers uh, keep scamming, right? Like, if people got annoyed that Anna Delvey was lying to them, she wouldn't have ever made it as far as she did in her illustrious career. They're just like, right. I don't know, she lied to me, but she seems pretty cool and yeah. charming. If you're and charming like and you commit hang hard out with to her. the lie, I yeah. feel like you can get pretty yeah. far. What is life? One big lie exactly. we're telling ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. We love you, James. We love you, Bruce. All right, guys, we're going to take another quick break for some non-scam advertisements, and we'll be back with my favorite part of the show, Historic Hoodwinks. Robbery and fraud. And we are back, and it's time for Historic Hoodwinks. This is where we talk about a scammer, maybe a group of scammers. Uh, maybe we love them, maybe we hate them. As you guys know, we're all on this ride together, so we do not know. So today, we're talking about Edgar LaPlantain. So I'm going to go out on a limb. When your last name is LaPlantain, you're definitely doing LaPlantain crime, Okay. <laughs> Uh, and this is a picture of Edgar. Okay. Oh. So he's been called the greatest con king or chief of the jazz era, wow. hopping from country to country across North America and Europe and the and French Canada. Uh, he made his na- a name for himself as the chief of the Cherokee Nation. Now, I don't know if he's in the Cherokee Nation or he in the Jeep <laughs> Cherokee Nation. I cannot tell. I can make that joke. I am part Choctaw. <laughs> But I don't know. Is it given Elizabeth Warren or is he really in the tribe? We don't know yet. We don't know. It's so hard to tell just from looking, but... He definitely, he's got on all the drip. You know what I mean? It's almost like how much drip he's got on that makes me feel like he's trying a little bit too hard. I'm concerned yeah, that this this I'm man sure. was on like Rachel Dolezal's Pinterest inspo board. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know yet, Edgar LaPlantain. So Edgar LaPlantain grew up in a blue-collar French-Canadian family in Central Falls, Rhode Island, at the turn of the 20th century. 
His father, originally from Quebec, was a carpenter. Oh, like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and expected his oldest son to pursue a similarly honest living. Yeah, if you're a carpenter, you was like, <laughs> your career path, you was like, let me open this Bible. Uh... Yeah, the jump from carpenter to scammer in one generation is pretty <laughs> incredible. Right. Your dad, like, makes wood with his hands and, you know. Yeah, because there are a lot of things that are a little bit scammy that are legit, like being a lawyer or a banker or a journalist. (laughs) But, like, a carpenter? Yeah, that's just, like, an actual skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, how do you scam people? You getting them cheap lumber or something? (laughs) Like, (laughs) everything is actually made from particle board. This man, Edgar, didn't want to live in his father's shadow. He's like, my dad is too honest. I have to innovate. <laughs> yeah. It's embarrassing, honestly, at this point. He like, people pay him for stuff, and then he give them what they pay for. Sucker. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Loser. <laughs> like, what you doing? But Edgar had other ideas, like we said. His first scam began at 14. Oh, see, if they start as children, this is talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Gifted and talented. (laughs) Put Edgar in the gifted and talented scam program. Okay. (laughs) So when he convinced Central Falls shop owner to hand over change to help a struggling businessman. So I guess he went into a shop and was like, can you give me change for this struggling (laughs) businessman? Hello, I'm a struggling businessman. Do you have any spare change? Yeah. Wow. I'm impressed. (laughs) He didn't say who the struggling businessman was, so it could very well be him. (laughs) He came in and was like, hey, I'm trying to help people. Y'all got some extra money y'all can give me for the people? And then he left and he was like, I'm the people. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't lie. So Edgar was a, wasn't even particularly interested in money and gave his father all his earnings. All that sweet, telling him they were from his part-time job. I, no lies detected. His part-time job was crime. <laughs> yeah. He was honing his skills. That's very sweet. Everybody needs a side hustle. Yeah, your side hustle can be robbery. You do it on the side, yeah. brings in some extra income. Law enforcement soon caught on the Edgar scheme and shipped him off to boarding school. Law enforcement shipped him Is off to boarding school? Is that how that works? Yeah, that's weird. I don't know if the police help you like that. That's giving me, like, trouble <laughs> yeah. team industry. <laughs> the, the law enforcement showed up in the middle of the night and kidnapped him and sent him to a ranch <laughs> in Utah. <laughs> they sent him to, like, the same boarding school all the royals go to. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Y'all got some good law enforcement (laughs) in Rhode Island. (laughs) So, the Ballyhoo Man. I don't know where this is going to go. So, his next known scam popped up when Edgar was in his early 20s, now settled in Coney Island. He found work as Ballyhoo Man for the Greater Dreamland Amusement Park, where he dressed up in a stereotypical Native American costume to entice people to see the amusements. No, uh, Ballyhoo Man is a solicitor, canvasser, someone who advertises, especially as loud calls to potential customers outside of a restaurant or attraction. Okay, so basically, in order to get people to the amusement park, he dressed up as basically a, a cartoon version of real Native people who exist in America who uh, had all their things stolen mm. from them. And he would walk around and be like, y'all, come down here to the amusement park. It's me, Chief um, Jeep, Cherokee. Um, y'all come down here. <laughs> y'all like rides? Oh. I do too. <laughs> like What? This is how it works. It is the pipeline from just like dressing up for entertainment. And then you're like, I could scam people even committed, harder yeah. if I just really committed to this and just became a full-time appropriator. Right. Like it's a very slippery Like slope. our good sis Rachel. Yeah. Who really committed to being black. And I, I did have to watch that documentary because I was so curious. And then when she cut the micro braids <laughs> out of her head from the root, I was like, oh sis. <laughs> You didn't watch. You didn't. Oh, you didn't watch God. enough YouTube videos, girl. We take the braids out. You don't cut all your hair off when you when you take out braids. Like that's not. You shouldn't be doing that. But <laughs> here we are. And still she rises. So not long into the job, Edgar left Coney Island to take his act on the road. He said, Coney is too small for me, bitch. Okay. (laughs) I can pretend to be a native person everywhere. So he traveled out out west to Arizona. And by the time he arrived, he had taken the identity of Tom Longboat. That sounds like a fake name. How are you going to steal a a fake name from somebody (laughs) who sounds like they got a fake name? So, yeah, Tom Longboat, a well-celebrated um, Iroquois Canadian Olympian and marathon winner. So he just fully stole a real man's identity. Yeah. 
Yes, a native wow. man. And was alive. So this man a- actually yes. existed and was out there. Yeah, and, and apparently it was exceptional. He was an Olympian and a marathon winner. See, these are things I was that are very say, hard to do these days. You can't just go out there and steal Michael Phelps's identity. He's going to notice. He's going to hear yeah, about it. Yeah, people will be you posting know? you on Instagram <laughs> and TikTok, and you will be exposed very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> we love a hootist. Yeah. We would have hootist him so fast. <laughs> I love that there's just petty people on the internet who are like, I will Google everything about you. And it happens oh. every single time. I love the milkshake, Doug. Anytime somebody gets popular for something so, you know, random and cute, there's always somebody on the other side of the internet like, I'm going to get this bitch. I know they've been up to something. <laughs> That's why I can't enjoy anything. Like, I remember the Texas bee lady. I was like, oh, man, her working with these bees is so wild and she don't got no gloves on. I was like, oh, she's probably going to be racist soon. Let me just enjoy it now. I watched all her videos on her TikTok. I was like, let me put it in my veins because I know yeah, they're going to come out and say it literally ruined. two days later. Right. They was like, she be bringing her bees to the Klan rally. I'm like, oh what? God. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, like, if anyone gets famous in America, there is like a very strong chance that they're racist just because of who lives here. Yeah. yeah. If they are white, like it's, it's a high likelihood. Yeah. It's high likelihood. So. It's the reason why I can't give up my seat to little old white ladies on the train. I be feeling bad because I respect yeah. my elders, but I'm like, you was probably at a lynching. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't want to risk those the odds of giving your seat to someone who... I was like, I don't know. I don't know. This was, <laughs> you don't that's my there. scam paranoia. You talked about yours, Claire. <laughs> Mine fair. was like, they probably raised. Yeah. That's legit. <laughs> so... <laughs> Tom Longboat. Oh, Lord. The problem with Tom was that he was a very real person. Yeah, we deduced that. Who at the time was a dispatch <laughs> runner on the Western Front of World War One, getting wounded twice and being declared dead on a couple occasions. So we have a picture of Tom Longboat. The furthest right of the runners. Okay, we saw him a second ago. So Longboat had become notable through his 1907 win of the Boston Marathon with a record-smashing time. The real Longboat was in the trenches. So he at war. He was literally at war, and this man was like, it is me, a native <laughs> Olympian. They were like, no, Tom, we heard you went to the World War One. Yeah, I did. So that, and, um, I'm back. I'm I'm back. Don't worry about it. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Honorable discharge. They were like, you too talented. That honestly, I was running too fast. And they were like, the war is over here, Tom. And by that I would be miles away. Yeah. He's like, I was too good. I was too good for the war. I did my warring. I'm yeah. now I've achieved and now I'm back. What was it like there? Um, a yeah. lot of gunshots. It was a lot of gunshots. <laughs> um MREs. Y'all know about those? And <laughs> He's just like James. <laughs> like, yeah, no. <laughs> he wore his uniform. He showed up. He was like, hey, y'all, I, actually, I got to take this. It's a war call. Hold on. I'll be back. <laughs> I got a letter from the war. Let me read it real quick. I'll be back. <laughs> so Longboat had become notable, you know, through his Boston marathons and stuff and getting that record smashing time. And the real one is out here fighting. Edgar started a business of offering training tips to aspiring athletes in California and Arizona. Wow. Oh my God. Eventually, the real Longboat found out that his name was being used overseas and Edgar had to disappear. But that was his opportunity to create a new, bigger identity. Chief White Elk. Oh, Wow. This is so insulting. First of all, I'm obsessed that fitness scams go back to (laughs) that he was like, I'm a really accomplished athlete. Let me tell you how to whip your ass into shape for bikinis. They're like, we're here, Mr. Longboat. 1902. (laughs) 1902. Get that bikini body. Uh. They're like, hey, hey, Mr. Longboat, we're here to learn. He's like, all right, the first thing you got to know about running is moving your legs. There's a lot of leg movement in it. If you're not ready for that, then walk away right now. All right, y'all stand great. So you want to move your legs in one direction, like so. Yeah, this <laughs> like, wow. This is he man. teaching them about running? <laughs> the key to running fast is to keep moving fast. Brilliant. And people start coming forward and being like, "I followed Tom Longboat's tips, and all of my muscles atrophied and fell off." I, who can I report this to? And fell there off. isn't like a T Instagram anymore yet that I can deal with this. Yeah, through. Reddit message boards did not exist. Right, yet. there's no Instagram. None of those things. We don't have the scam that is Better Business Bureau. Okay, it's just word of mouth. <laughs> no. It's word of letter. Honestly, like you got to send out a hell of letters or put up some flyers about Longboat. Like he's gonna be fine. Yeah, I'm like, how long did it take Tom to like alert someone? 
someone that he realized he was being scammed. Like he's sending letters from like the trenches in France. They have to like boat it over. I will say with no television and like where they had like radios and like word of mouth, I feel like this was probably on the lips of everybody (laughs) sipping tea on their porch. You know what I mean? So it's spreading like that. Everybody needs entertainment. But they don't really know what he looks like. So he's just like, I am in fact an indigenous chief now. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Look, I have the wardrobe. How y'all gonna? Qu- how did I get this? If I'm not, do y'all have this? Why invest in the whole wardrobe if you're not gonna really put it to use? Too. If you're not gonna really put you're it to use, which in. is why we moved up. We're leaning further in, Claire, to Ch- Chief White Elk. So Chief White Elk, aka Prince." Tawana Ray was a work of fiction. Among his many accomplishments, including being a chief of the Cherokee Nation, he claimed to be a movie star, war hero, speak 21 languages, and be an accomplished tenor. Okay. So he really added to it. No one checked him on any... They weren't like, sing a song in one of the 20 languages, you know. They weren't like, como se dice (laughs) couch. Like, no, nothing happened. Okay, they're just like, we take your word like, for it. Yeah, we speak classic one language, movie so. star, multilingual yeah. war hero. And if you have to say you're a movie star, you're definitely not a movie right. star. Like, you, you shouldn't have to say that. Yeah. People should just know that about you. It's the reason why when people ask what I do for a living, I lie a lot of times. Like, if you don't recognize <laughs> me immediately, I'm not going to run down my IMDb. <laughs> like, they'd be like, what do you do for a living? I'd be like, I work in um science. <laughs> Computer science. There's a lot of computers. Computer science. They're all science. A lot of computers, a lot of science. You know how much science goes into computers? A lot, which is why I'm working over there. They need me. (laughs) It's like, what what am I going to say? Like, oh, I'm in TV. And then they'll be like, oh, what shows do you want? And I have to be like, no, if you don't recognize me, then it's fine. So if you're a movie star, you shouldn't have to tell people you're a movie star. Yeah, Brad Pitt is not going around being like, yeah, you know, I'm a movie star. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a movie star. That's what I do for a living, a star in the movies. (laughs) And accomplished tenor. Right. Sing, sing us a little something. He's like, my throat, my throat bleeding today. I was coughing up blood. Yeah. blood. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta go to the emergency Maybe tomorrow. Room. So he used his turkey feathers to make his idea of an eagle feather headdress. And he regularly dressed in buckskins. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, so he traveled throughout the U.S. and Canada to promote indigenous rights and plead for better education for this Cherokee people. Okay, I'm not mad at that. At least he was doing a little activism. I mean, was he like taking money for <laughs> these efforts and then spending it on himself? That's, you know. That's yet to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Right now, he's just an activist. <laughs> Much like Rachel Dozal. Damn. He, is, he like he the, is the OG oh Rachel my God. Wow. They're just like the ultimate volunteers. They're like, I want to do good in this world. And the best way to do that is to make myself a turkey feather headdress. He's like, am I simply honoring the Cherokee culture? They need me. It's like Avatar. Like, a white man has to come in at some point and lead everybody. How will they know how to get the rights? Yeah. Who will rise up to be the best and most leadery among them if not for the white man? Who is more qualified to solve problems that they created? Boom. You know what? That's a really good point. You know what? I'm on his side. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Chief White Elk. Go off. <laughs> so why, so while Chief White Oak stopped in California, he met Bertha Thompson, a prominent indigenous rights activist whose tribal name was Princess Atrasung of the California Kamath tribe. Um, and we have an image here of Chief White Oak and his wife Bertha. So now he's gone a step further and he was like, let me actually marry a real indigenous Oh no. So I, I feel this, really like, bad for, for Bertha. Rachel has black children. <sighs> She must have read. Yeah. She literally was like, "Here's my playbook. I know. This was now I know. Pack. This was on <laughs> yeah. her vision board. This was on her vision board. She was like, I'm gonna do your one better. Okay. So the two fell in love, and they were married in an extravagant wedding officiated by the Utah governor of Salt Lake City in March 1918. Five thousand people attended. Oh, this is oh wow, five thousand oh. people. How, you had that much chicken and fish and vegetable options. And at no point was anyone like, it's weird. They're like, I've never seen him in anything. <laughs> he a movie star. He look, 5,000 people came. So that, that is so many people. 
It must have been just like light refreshment. Yeah. Who's funding this? Who is funding this wedding? They could have had an open bar. 5,000 people. (laughs) (laughs) So the bride was played down the aisle by a 31-piece band. What? Oh, it was lit. Oh, I would have been throwing ass. 1918 ass at this function. 31? Uh, I mean, there are 5,000 people there. If you just have the traditional, like... One or two musicians. That's true. Yeah. They're not going to be able to hear it it at all. You need 30. You need a concert band. You need a brass band. So unfortunately, Chief White Elk developed a cocaine addiction. Well, well, he is a movie star. (laughs) That's true. Okay. It's 1918. And it was his substance abuse, not his con, that led their marriage to ruin. Wow. So she was fine with him being a scammer, but she was like, baby, like. We can't be doing, you know, cocaine at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Wait, so they had, sorry, they had a 5,000 person know? wedding during the like middle of the flu pandemic. They're just, is this a super spreader event? <laughs> wow. It was an olden time super spreader event. And then he's like, I don't Damn. like to social distance. I'm yeah. going to just do cocaine constantly as a distraction. Yeah, he's like the, the guys in time. <laughs> I love how modern this <laughs> is somehow. Time it's so square, relevant. Excuse me. <laughs> It's so relevant to today. So not long after their wedding, the couple divorced and allegedly uh, the princess was never even aware of Edgar's true identity. So she never even figured out that he wasn't really native. She just knew that he really liked um, cocaine. (laughs) So his his divorce spurred him to sail to Great Britain, where he met his next wife, a British woman with a son. While there, Edgar even pushed... Okay, stepdaddy. (laughs) While while there, Edgar even pushed for an audience with King George V to discuss Native American rights and the struggle of his people. Oh, my God. At last minute... A handful of journalists unmasked Edgar's true identity and he lost the audience. Yeah, I think you were going a little too far. Like, the king. Yeah, that's wow. bold. Like, the king. He was like, no, the king need to talk to me. We need to sit down and have drinks. <laughs> yeah. This this is incredibly cinematic. He's like in the middle of addressing the king and people are standing up and being like, he's not Cherokee. <laughs> His name is Edgar. La Fontaine. <laughs> he's not even the least bit. Still, he stayed in London for a time longer, dancing his interpretations of Cherokee dances on vaudeville stages while collecting money for his tribe. So, Emma, you were right. He went and got some coins for the tribe, but we know that he is tribe. The tribe of one. (laughs) Tribe of one. Him. (laughs) Not him up here dancing, doing the, hey, how are you? This is so embarrassing. Like, why would you do this? (laughs) So he left England with the Scotland when the Scotland Yard began investigating his relationship with another man as homosexuality was illegal at the time. Oh, I love that that's the crime they're going to come. They're like, definitely be... Not yeah, him impersonating... Go off. A be a, the Cherokee spokesperson. That's fine. Marry women and scam them. Do the romance dance. If you have sex with a man, excuse yeah. me, sir. Right. That's where we draw the line. We heard you were doing gay. You need to get out of the country. <laughs> So wanting to once again avoid the law, Chief White Elk moved to France where his, with him, his wife, and his stepson. So in France, Edgar kept his family in Paris while he toured the French Riviera where he met a, a Viennese countess named Antoinette Ada um, and her mother, Melania. The two were charmed by Chief White Elk's persona and Edgar. He sexfully, <laughs> sexfully, he successfully convinced them that he was not only Cherokee royalty, but an oil baron. Now you got oil. <laughs> what? Wait, I'm sorry. That seems like an unlikely overlap right there. He was like, look, we, we hid some of the land they tried to steal from us and it had oil yeah. on it. And I'm an oil. Native, native activists are well known for <laughs> trying to plunder the land yeah. of its natural beauty. And resources. Um, in order to make a dime on, yeah. on oil. Yeah. No, I think that makes You know, sense. you think BP. You think you Cherokee. You also think Cherokee. <laughs> yeah. It rhymes. No. Yeah. You, it do- <laughs> and that's all it does. <laughs> Like, please. So Edgar told women that though he was an oil baron, the British government had placed a hold on his money and he would pay them back when the hold was lifted. You know how mm -mm. people be putting holds on your money. Oh, yeah. 
Maybe they just need to give some money so he can get the money out of the country. Now, yeah. And then you'll share this it. This is a legitimate lie to me because we can't act like through colonization they didn't steal everything from everybody. So I would believe this. I'd be like, yeah, they do be stealing everything from everybody. Yeah, you're like, they probably <laughs> did. Yeah. yeah. Take all your money. That seems Those right. crowns and shit that they were putting on Queen Elizabeth and they'd be like, this was a gift from South Africa. Was it? I don't think it was. It's not <laughs> giving really gift. wanted her to have it. It's not giving gift. I think you stole it. Just like the British Museum, like everything is just like, look at what we stole. Yep. We put it in these nice boxes and put some lights on it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's y'all called stole a, all this. a self gift. No, they get. Yeah. To, they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know where to get a glass box yeah. to to put it on display. So we took it. Yeah, they were using it, but we <laughs> took it out their hands because we was like, why y'all using this? It need to be in a box <laughs> where people can look at it for money. What y'all talking about? <laughs> we helped them. So even as Edgar slowly drained the Countess and her mother, he managed to stay one step ahead of the law. Soon he began touring Italy as Chief White Elk, staying at some of the country's finest hotels and showering adoring crowds with money that he had swindled. So, you know, the best way to look rich is to act rich. You know, give a little back. I mean, yeah, I learned that from Anna Delvey. Yes. You just tip every $100 bill. And they're like, she got it. She always tip yeah. $100 bills. We're... That is 100% the scammer mindset. Is like you scam the money so that you can throw the money around so that you look like someone who has money so you can get more money scam more money yeah so according to some estimates chief white elk burned through roughly 58.9 million dollars in today's money what in only a couple months (laughs) what he was balling See, I could never be a scammer because I would just get like $2 million and I'd be like, let's retire and get buy a house in the countryside. Y'all, much of it was spent on tipping hotel staff and giving fistfuls of cash away to the poor. Wait, is he the blueprint? Oh, no. He's the blueprint for every modern day scammer. He's on all the Pinterest boards. I, now we I know. This is the side of scammers that makes people fall in love with He's him. Robin like, Hood. He is Robin Hood. He's racist Robin Shout Hood. out to all the scammers out there who do their research, who, who make sure that historically they're accurate. You know what I mean? Who learn from the Respect past. Respect your elders, the you know? Yes. <laughs> I'm so proud of him or, or or y'all like y'all really, you know, I went to school and I have a marketing degree and I had to learn about, you know, the tulip uh, bust and stuff like that. So like y'all are learning about this dude and y'all are implementing it in today's. You know, oh, wow. Wow. So at the time, he also made large donations to Mussolini's fascist party. Wait. Okay, he's out here giving Damn. to the poor, <laughs> fighting for Cherokee rights and being like, you know what? Who will really support the Cherokee nation? Mussolini. Seems Mussolini. seems aligned. A stand-up guy. It almost seems like he doesn't really care whether things what? go well for the Cherokee Nation. A little bit. <laughs> I'm starting to get that feeling. Honestly, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so that rewarded him with the title of Honorary Corporal, second only to Mussolini's first Honorary Corporal. So he done bought his way into fascism. By this point, the Countess and her mother were nearly drained dry, and Melania's stepson, Count George, uh, became concerned about how Chief White was spending his slash their money. He also began questioning the truth of Chief White Elk's true lineage. Eventually, Italian police began to inquire about the traveling Cherokee man. With more prying eyes from the law, Chief White Elk jumped countries again to Switzerland. Mm. So getting caught. He's like, I just moved. (laughs) And I love that he just moved to other countries. They're like, oh, well. That is the nice thing about Europe is there are a lot of small countries close together. So you don't have to go far to escape. The Italian police. And then apparently everyone's so lazy they're not worried about extradition. They're just like, I don't know, y'all. He he he's twenty miles west. That ain't our problem now. <laughs> yeah, we're we're over it. They didn't have like databases back then. No, right? they didn't you have know, those till after the seventies. Like... <laughs> yeah. That's why serial killers used to get away with everything in America, because they didn't they'd be like, Oh, the next town over, they moved over there. We don't know them no more. Yeah, they won't cross reference. Yeah. They're not gonna have any of the paperwork in their files. They're like murderers don't move. What are they gonna do? What are you gonna do? Start calling every every police station in Switzerland and being like, FYI, there's a guy pretending to be Cherokee and maybe he's there. No, no got time for that. Or maybe he's in a different country. <laughs> Hold up. We're going to call all the police stations. And <laughs> That's all so much work. Now. It's not going to work. So while in Switzerland, the con man got a little too confident and ran up a massive hotel bill that he decided he did not need to pay. I get that. I want to decide I don't need to pay yeah. things all the time. Yeah. I, I, 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, are they really going to make you if you just yeah. don't? Like, I'm tired of making the decision to pay for things. Same. I feel like that's the wrong <laughs> yeah. choice. It feels wrong. We're just gifting our money. Yeah. We should stop. So <laughs> the jig was finally up when he was arrested and convicted of fraud and jailed for one year in Switzerland. I feel like he needs more than one year, but okay. Just one year? <laughs> Look, we got a we got a Swiss, Swiss mug shot here. Ooh. Wow, they let you wear all your drip. He uh-huh. was looking very rich when he got jailed. You can see it in his face. He's like, damn, they got yeah. Is he still married <laughs> at so this one... point? Like, what's happening to the many women? Also, like, he had a wife and a stepson. And then he started hooking up with the heiress like, lady. And her where mother? Was... Like, where? Yeah, where? Is his wife and stepson in all of this? I have questions. Did they even go to Switzerland? Well, that's another thing you used to be able to do. I feel like that's another thing you used to be able to do is like get married. And then when your wife runs out of money, you just like quietly Mm -hmm. leave. And then you can go to another country and marry someone else. Because like he's going to go out for a carton of milk. (laughs) You don't come back. (laughs) Everybody knows it's normal. So once he was released, he was driven to the Italian border and handed over to the police who were waiting on him on behalf of other people that he scammed. Okay, so they got a little connection going here. They had a little okay, interpol. Okay. And we like to see that. He was jailed <laughs> in Italy for seven years. Okay, so they passed this. So you're going on a jail tour. <laughs> <laughs> They're calling yeah. the U.S. like, how long would you like to jail Edgar for? Do you have any thoughts? What dates y'all got available? <laughs> For the tour, because we're trying to get on it. <laughs> so after his release in the ni- like the early 1930s, he was shipped off to New York, this time claiming to be a changed mm. man. Before long, uh. he began to hustle again, but quickly realized that his con had become too well known and wouldn't work anymore. He put them feathers on and everybody was like, girl, <laughs> take your ass yeah. back to Coney Island. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what that means? It's time to make a documentary. So. That was the it next is. step. Edgar made some money taking Native American roles in movies, theater, and radio. Wow. He was like Hollywood. Definitely still willing to scam. Yeah. And he's not wrong. 100%. No, that's it. That was how he got into it. And that's he's like, I he told you, I was a, I'm a movie like star. Sanctioned, entertainment-based race he scamming. He should have been an yeah. actor this whole time. Like, baby, what is you doing? Yeah. Like, this is really what the he movies been are doing. very willing to do racism. It's perfect yeah. for him. We, oh, at the, taken, uh, for sure. Okay. No one would have ever gotten mad at him back then that, that would have caused him any trouble if he had just pretended in the movies. And he could have started that just, way. Like, there were so many, like, John Wayne movies and so many horrible depictions of Native people happening. Like, he could have just started there. Exactly. It's almost like this became his resume. They're like, you did such a good job scamming so many people by pretending. We'll just to cast be you. That yeah, you'll I slot like right you'll into this right role. In you have the skills. <laughs> he was like, we saw you act like your method. We saw you in real life doing this. So yeah. we, no, no, offer <sighs> only. He doesn't need to audition. Yeah, they're like, we're obsessed with you. That's listen. You can't buy talent like that. His whole life was an audition for this moment. A moment like this. <laughs> to pretend to be native <laughs> like yeah he he earned this so i'm i'm actually not mad at the hollywood part good for him <laughs> and so edgar laplantain died a pauper dang dad broke january 23rd 1942 in arizona at the age of 55 his death was not reported but he was registered under the alias he was using at the time dr white eagle indian male oh. um Hmm. How are you gonna have Indian male in your name? It's like him being like Lacey Mosley, black lady. What? What? <laughs> was that really in his name? Or it says it in quotes, Doctor White Eagle, comma Indian male. Maybe, maybe it's like Esquire. <laughs> no, or PhD. Terrible. Also, what is? I I really want to know what he pretended to be a doctor of. Oh, I didn't even catch that. When did he become a doctor? <laughs> Who can say? Who can say? After he went and did all the movies. He's like, now I'm a doctor. Now I'm a doctor. Okay, yeah. put some respect on my name, okay? Now when I throw up blood, <laughs> I can clean myself up. Because I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. I love that. I hate that, but I love that. <laughs> love your audacity. Yes. I hate you. Uh, but you clearly paved the way for a lot of scammers who have read about you and did their homework. 
before they started grifting. All right, y'all, that brings us to the saddest part of the show where I have to let Claire and Emma go. But before we do that, we have Scammer of the Week. This is where we talk about a schemer who we maybe like, maybe hate, we don't know. But uh, maybe they're honorable, we'll see. Uh, Today, we're talking about a young real estate agent's reputation on the line after his identity was stolen and used to stage a New Year's Eve boat party that never happened. Oh, it didn't happen. Not you ruining people's New Year's Eve. Yeah, you gotta have the party. I don't want to get scammed when the ball dropped. That feels too early. Yeah, it's not really setting a good good <laughs> tone for the next year. Like all Lang Syne and we just standing at the dock. No boat. You gotta at least get put together some ham sandwiches and clamshells yeah. for people. And yeah, that's like some, worse some than Firefest. We need yeah. to talk a cup of kindness yet for old Lang Syne. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> So Callum Kennedy, 23, woke up the morning of January 1st with dozens of messages accusing him of committing Australia's worst scam of the year. Well, it was very early into the year, so... (laughs) I ain't gonna be like at 11.59. It's been been one minute. This is the worst Worst scam of the year. It's more like reporting on, like, the first baby who was born that year. It's like, this was definitely the first one. The first scam baby. It wasn't until he video chatted one girl who paid $130 for a party that he learned that someone had used his identity to sell tickets to the party for over 150 people. Part of the genius to the scheme was that the scammers used a company name Callum had registered years ago for a boat hire company that he had never used. So he was over here registering trademarks just in case, and they used it. Kind of brought that on himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just thought he was getting trademarks. He was manifesting. That's all. (laughs) Just a man manifesting. And and now he's man of scamming. And, you know, what are you going to do? So the partiers were able to buy tickets for the fake event on Eventbrite, a typically reputable site, for $130. The yacht was scheduled to pick them up in the suburb of Glendagill at 8.30, three and a half hours before the fireworks were due to begin. The party was supposed to include unlimited drinks, food, a DJ, and even a bus back to town at the end of the night. A good deal for $150, honestly. Because them Uber charges on New Year's Eve. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they're like you need to get home don't you you want to you want to start the new year don't yeah. you i mean i've lived in new york for years i'm expecting a hundred dollars just to get in and then you pay for everything yes. exactly <laughs> you have to keep paying per mile they're like get the you cash have to out. know that's a scam that's way too good a deal way too good this is australia so i you know i don't know what they'd be doing down under <laughs> Yeah, they're like, everyone's very generous. Yeah, I don't know what here. the shrimp and the Barbie community be up to. So maybe, <laughs> you know, this wasn't nefarious to them. So by, by the time 8.30 rolled around, there was no yacht to be found. And the Facebook page for the event had been deleted. By the time it had been determined there was no party, around 150 people had shown up with nowhere to go. The, it's estimated that the scam organizers made off with roughly 20000 uh, Australian dollars, which is about $13,500 in U.S. dollars. Meanwhile, Callum Kennedy is concerned that his prominent career as a real estate agent is at stake and he's working to help the victims reclaim their money. The Adelaide police are involved and the scammers' identities are not currently known. Oh. I mean... Oh, my God. Wow. As someone who's had a scammer take over my identity online... I feel for you, Cullum. Yeah, that's rough. That's, that's very, rough. very rough. But also... It's like he's been given a bunch of homework. He's like, now I have to deal with this shit. Right. Because otherwise, like, nobody's wanna, nobody's coming to his open houses. He's like, I got cookies <laughs> out here and sparkling wine, bitch. Where are they? <laughs> They're like, we've heard that one before. Let's see, this is the <laughs> right. thing. They this knew. Is- They're like, we'll put this white man's face on the flyer and everyone will be like this is obviously legit mm-hmm. this is a face of integrity this is the face yeah of but i will say even to claire and emma's boyfriend who are always looking out for the scams <laughs> if you looked up the company it was registered he had a boat company registered yeah Someone did their research. These scammers. Scammers don't usually do that much research, though. So either this is a good scammer or like, Mr. Callum, (laughs) did you do this? I just don't understand why you would buy a ticket in advance for a party unless you, like, have a personal connection. Like, 
You've already spent them. I I've like to show that. up and buy the drink at the bar. The drink is in front of me. No, nope. I, know I feel what like I'm for New Year's for. people do that. Like, yeah, yeah. There's like, so you're just like, I found this random thing on Eventbrite. I guess I'll yeah. just send them on a hundred. That's what Eventbrite is for. <laughs> random ass shit. I put stuff on Eventbrite and people come from Eventbrite. Like some people don't have like lots of friends with moves, so they're like, well, what are the girls doing on the internet? Let's go hang yeah, out with them. They're like, oh, a boat. And fireworks mm-hmm. and an open bar. That's fair. Like also that photo that we just saw, those those people looked young. I've done it. I, when I was in my early 20s, I definitely paid for a boat party with my friends and it was all white. So and- er, it's, this is early 20s is the exact demographic that got scammed by this. Because <laughs> this is before you want to start doing New Year's Eve right, in exactly. the house. Like this year I was at my cousin's apartment <laughs> yeah. in New York. The theme was cozy. I was barefoot when <laughs> the New Year pulled up. When 23.3 pulled yeah, up, I, I was... too was in an apartment. Yep. That is that is the vibe in your 30s. Yeah. But in your 20s, you're like, where you have to rage. We got to get and to this And then you boat. learn, don't ever, <laughs> don't ever buy a ticket to any event on a major holiday. It's all, even if it's not this much of a scam, it's like basically always a scam of some kind. Yeah. It's kind of a scam. Because you're going to be with a bunch of strangers. Exactly. It's amateur hour. People are getting way it's too good. drunk. This year in New York, it was raining. So I was like, no, thank you, girl. Oh, yeah. The the weather was bad. I will be indoors. Because we almost went to Soul House. And I was like, we were like, mm, it's going to be real riffraffy. Let's just go to one function. That was, see, that was wise. <laughs> and be barefoot. You have the the life yeah. experience to know better. And But in your 20s, you don't. You and th- good for no. y'all. Y'all don't need that. Y- go figure it out. Fly. This is a learning experience. <laughs> it is. I support everyone having these experiences. I, I don't think I ever went out on New Year's Eve in New York because I don't like to pay $150. See, I have. And then I learned my lesson that it's a but scam. How many experiences <laughs> did I miss out on? Yeah, sometimes it's better to learn by doing the stupid I thing. went out, but I, I uh, never paid because we were scamming. But... <laughs> <laughs> But it just never is what I think New Year's is like one of those days where everybody wants it to be like so lit. And I think if you try to do like the most lit oh, it's thing, always you're always disappointed. Fail. Yeah. But if you do something chill, you're like, wow, exactly. that was a great time. So that brings us to the end of the show. We always ask Claire, Emma, where would you guys like to be found in these socials, plug your podcast, anything like that? You can find our podcast, love to see it, wherever you get your podcasts um, and on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter on Substack uh, at Claire and Emma.substack.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm on both at Claire E. Fallon. Yes. And you can find me at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I Diva Lacey on all platforms. And if you want to stitch on your friends and family, scamgoddesspod at gmail.com. Congregation, stay LaFontaining. Scam Goddess. This has been an Earwolf production in association with Team Coco. Scam Goddess stars and is hosted by me, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. The Scam Goddess. Our producer is Judith Cargbo. Our recording engineer is Abby Aguilar. And our audio editor is Jesse Karen. Research for the show is done by Kaylin Brand. Stay scamming. <laughs>